The following is brought to you by Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology. TotalSeal.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Hidden Horsepower presented by Total Seal Piston Rings. I'm Joe Costello, and we have got another great episode for you. And this one, they're not all like this, but this one is very timely. Like we're putting out the episode as uh, pretty much as soon as we did it, because there's all kinds of news that we're going to focus on, things that you want to listen to it right away and maybe go to and be a part of it, go check out something, or at very least pay attention to something that went down very recently. So, so we can get into it, I want to share all this news with the director of technical sales from Total Seal Piston Rings, Mr. Keith Jones, who's out there somewhere in our great country. What's up, Keith? How are you? Hey, Joe, I am doing great, and thanks for having me on again. Uh, for those interested, I'm, I'm sitting in my rental car in the middle of Indiana uh, in the sweltering summer heat, and damn, you people have got this thing called humidity. I am just not used to this. Yes, yes, you do. But then again, compared to Florida, where I am, it's not quite the same. But that's great. You're out there. And we have another guest, and we're going to bring him on in a second. He's the uh, sales manager for North America for Rottler. Get ready for the big Rottler open house. Ed Keebler is at our Trackside Tech Talks whenever we do them in the Total Seal Pit. You've been there, Keith. Ed is, he's fam, right? That's how the kids would say it. He's fam, uh, as in family. Keith. Absolutely. He's a, you know, we'll say we're we're a group of brothers. Uh, Family is absolutely the word to use, and Ed Ed is absolutely part of the family and love having him there. All right, so let's bring him on as well. He is also in a rental car somewhere, right, Ed? Uh, I am. I'm in uh, Albion, Illinois, in front of a customer shop where we're setting up a brand new vertical honing machine. Well, that's great. You can shout out your customer. I'm okay with it, Keith. Are you okay with it, Keith? No problem at all. Where are you? We're in front of Collier Performance, Jeff Collier, great guy. And uh, I have learned a ton at this thing. I knew nothing about derby motors. I just figured a derby motor was some guy or car. You know, some guy went to the junkyard, found an old car, found an old motor, took, took everything he could off of it, reinforced the radiator area and went out there and crashed it up man i'm telling you the science behind this is unbelievable wow tremendous i i I gotta touch on that because uh you know a a couple of uh, hidden horse tires back ed uh we had a gentleman you're familiar with jeff baldwin on there and jeff went into quite a bit of detail about the derby engine and like you i had no idea i was gobsmacked by it it was like you do what to do what (laughs) Big money demolition derby was a shocking line to even say. All right. I didn't even uh, realize it. But okay, guys, let's get in on it because I want to post this one nearly immediately so the audience out there can get in and prepare for a couple of things that are going to be going on. But I also want them to know there's going to be a lot of information on this show uh, because when it comes to honing Keith, like this is the guy, we turn it over to him. At the Trackside Tech Talks, we've got one coming up as the National Hot Rod Association heads up to Pacific Raceways and Sonoma, then Pacific Raceways, kind of the home of Rottler in the Seattle area. Hartford with a big win out there in Denver. He's the defending race winner up there in Seattle. Everything kind of converging together here, fellas. Big things happening for Hidden Horsepower right now. I'd like to tackle all of these 
on the show. But I think we should talk about Hartford winning a pro stock race first, right? Wow. Congratulations. Tremendous victory. Guy was up on the wheel, 004 in the final round, and they get a win. I, I thought it was great. I was fortunate to be there on the property to watch it all go down. I'm sure you guys watched and saw on TV, but uh, just tremendous. Headed to Sonoma and then Seattle. Everyone will get a chance to go to the pit and do the trackside tech talk. We'll give you the days and the times. But what would you guys think of Hartford? Huge win. Well, I'll, I'll grab onto that. I, I couldn't be more proud of Matt. Uh, like I said, it's overdue, coming. These guys work so hard. Uh, you guys talk about it on TV and stuff, but what people have to realize, I mean, his crew, his team, that's his family and friends. This isn't, you know, the hired guns out there. I mean, this is family and friends. These guys work so hard, put in so many hours, uh, well-deserved win. Couldn't be prouder for him. Like I said, you watch those lights getting better every round. I hope they can carry that head of steam, you know, straight into Sonoma, straight into Seattle, and watch him sweep the Western swing. I would just, uh, I couldn't, it couldn't make me happier, and I know it would make him happy. Oh, yeah. Ed? Oh, and I have to agree. I jumped out of my chair when he won that thing. That was just super exciting. You know, that, I, I'm with Keith. I, I am, I am humbled to be just even associated with that team, and I watch how hard they work every race. You know, when I'm around there, those guys are thrashing. And and it's as Keith said, you know, it's a family deal. It's not hired guns. And, and that was just so exciting. And, and we are so pumped up uh, to, to do the tech side talk up there in the uh, Pacific Northwest and can't wait for Matt to, to get up there. And, man, it'd just be unbelievable if he could pull off the win up there. And the car is going to be wrapped with Rottler. So it's all coming together. And... You guys are going to have an open house. So let's give the first of the official information that we want to give out there, like scheduling type stuff, Ed and Keith, so that people who are listening, as soon as this gets posted, if they're planning on being in the area for the NHRA Camping World Series event, or if they're one of your customers from that area, July 27th, July 27th is a Wednesday. What's happening at Rottler, Ed, and who's invited, and what's the scenario for this open house? Sure. So, uh, obviously, Matt and the crew and the car are going to be there in the parking lot and be on display. And so, we're again, we're ecstatic over that. We can't wait for that to happen. And uh, we're going to have an open house to where customers are, are just, uh, you know, race fans can, can tour the facility uh, and it's from nine to two. I think Matt will be around there and, uh, you know, we'll probably serve lunch and, and do some things there, but, but we're just super excited to, to, to have this going on. And can, can a fan show up? Is this, or you have to be like sure. a machinist? Do you have to have a shop? Like who is welcome at this? Well, obviously, you know, if a fan wants to show up, we, we, we love fans, you know, they're, they're the reason that we all do this sort of thing and, and that, that we support NHRA as, as much as we do. So uh, fans can show up if they would like to. Obviously, the machine shops in the area or any customers that are in the machine shop business or engine building business, and we just love to have everybody. And where's the location? Let's give that vital information. Of course, they can search on the web and find uh, address, addresses and, and such, but give us the info for, for Rottler, or maybe that's something they can find on your website. Uh, to drive them to that, they can. But but the the address is eighty twenty nine South Two Hundredth Street, and it's in Kent, Washington. 
it's uh, literally 20 minutes from the racetrack, 15 minutes from the airport. So, uh, uh, and in fact, if you're going from the airport to the racetrack, you almost have to go through Kent, Washington. So we're a, we're a suburb of Seattle and, uh, you know, not far from the track and not far from the airport. So wow. pretty convenient. I think they have a stay in Kent, actually. And so uh, I will not be in on Wednesday, but I might have to swing by and see Rottler anyway because that is oh we'd love to have you joe yeah just a pop in right to see the the whole yep. uh, yep. deal you know where do the machines get made like that's amazing that's got to be an amazing situation or at least the uh, the mothership to say the least so rottler open house july 27th in and around the whole uh final race of the nhra western swing up there at pacific raceways and that's great but also at the track, both Friday and Saturday, for those with a ticket, a paid ticket, you don't just get to go into the race because of this. But if you have a ticket, and this is for a lot of our Lucas Oil Series racers and engine builders, the Trackside Tech Talk is back. And, Ed, you've been involved with uh, all of these, I think. And it's just yes. a different vibe, right? Like you get FaceTime with drivers and engine builders, and they all come in and they sit down and we, you know, you guys knock out a presentation in about 45 minutes, and uh, it's pretty cool. Get get a great chance to press the flesh. We're going to talk about a lot of it here today on the podcast, but you can go so much deeper at the Trackside Tech Talk. Yeah, no question. You know, we can really get into the nuts and bolts, and and uh, you know, the 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 fellas or the or the or the people that attend that can ask very uh, distinct or very definitive questions, and and you know, we'll take the time to answer them. And and the nice thing about this is, is it's really not terribly formal. So we may stand around for another half hour, forty five minutes to an hour, just just answering questions uh, after the tech talks over. So. Uh, yeah, really, really a great way to to uh, convey some knowledge that that uh, you know I've been lucky enough to learn over the 48 years I've been in this business, and and I think I, I can't speak for Keith, but I, I suspect he feels the same way. Yeah, what about it, yeah. Keith? You're not going to be at this one. Oh. We're going to have Lake is going to be there, as I understand it. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Uh, lay it on me for the Trackside Tech Talks Friday and Saturday of the uh, NHRA Seattle event, but. It's a great opportunity. Yeah, a absolutely. It gets you that one-on-one. -on -one. And as you said, I'm not going to be at this one. Uh, I've got some prior commitments. But, yeah, Lake's going to be there. But uh, but I will definitely hook up with all – it will say everybody at Indy, which will be the next Trackside Tech Talk. But, uh, yeah, the, the, the Trackside Tech Talks are great. We've got an excellent seminar, covers a lot of bases, gives a lot of great information. But it's that one-on-one -on -one communication, you know, the, you know, whether it's the engine builder, the racer – the fan, everybody's welcome as long as, as Joe said, you're paid and in your rate, you're at the track. Uh, you can ask those one-on-one -on -one questions, you know, and what's great is those conversations will sometimes lead you down a rabbit hole. You know, this question leads to that, to that question. It might have not even been anything that was on your mind, but next thing you know, we're talking about something completely over, you know, on another field. Uh, and, you know, all these, you know, and it becomes great. It, sometimes it becomes a group of people all interacting together this guy asked this question, that guy, oh, yeah, hey, that happened to me. We're all, like Ed said, you know, standing there for an hour going over all these different scenarios. And it's really a, it's a, it's a great format and a, a lot of great information shared. 
Excellent, excellent. And the Flavor Pack NHRA Northwest Nationals at Pacific Raceways in Kent, Washington, uh, July 29th through 31st. The Rottler Open House the Wednesday before July 27th. And those trackside tech talks midday, a couple hours before qualifying Friday and Saturday, both days. I'm not going to give an exact time, guys, because... You know, those sometimes move around a little bit depending on what's going on. So uh, get a ticket, come into the race, come to the total seal pit. That's where it all goes down. Hartford actually gets a little extra space in there, and people are welcome to come in, watch them work on the car. The most recent winning pro stock car, to say the least, and they're coming on strong. Actually, they've been qualifying real well the past couple of races. But now, the purpose of this particular uh, episode is we're going to kind of build on some things that we've talked about in the past with regards to honing. And Ed, you you are, this is your area. You've been name-checked many times as like the guy, the guru. Honing has changed a lot over the past how long? Because now everyone is talking about surface finish and different styles of hone. We had Dr. Mark Malberg on a few episodes ago, kind of talked about the microscopic level of shape, and it's not what it once was. Uh, give us a little bit of an overview, and then Keith, dive in with some questions to uh, to evolve the conversation. Certainly. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, boy, uh, first of all, I have to give a shout-out to Mr. Malberg. Uh, Dr. Malberg is, <laughs> if, if I... If I had a, just a teeny bit of the knowledge that 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 Mr. Wahlberg Wahlberg, Wahlberg has, I I I'd consider myself a lucky guy. So a very very smart individual, and and I learn a lot every time I'm around that gentleman. Uh, so um, yeah, he you know he has kind of talked about some things about what we call extreme plateau, and and in the past what's what's happened is is. You know, as things evolved, and it's all about measuring equipment, and that's where Mark is so intelligent and, and has so much knowledge is in the, the ability to measure surface finish. And, you know, in the past, we used a simple process, the arithmetic average, or RA, and didn't tell us a whole lot, but, you know, it was a start. And, and, and now we've gotten into the uh, Abbott-Firestone curve and the RVK values, and, and, and that is a much more definitive way of of uh, defining surface finish, especially for for plateau honing, and and Mark's on the cutting edge of of that stuff. And so, you know, we've always been a proponent of a, a what we call a true plateau, and that's starting with a really rough abrasive, and then going over, uh, you know, one step process with a very fine abrasive, and creating a true plateau for for the rings to see, and then the oil to also see. So, you know, it creates a, a, a a deeper groove or a deeper path for the oil and it creates a smoother finish for the for the ring pack to see so that, that's really what it's about in a nutshell but uh but mark has defined it to the nth degree in my opinion yeah i was gonna say i'll jump in there yeah mark really has he's, he's taken it from you know we'll say black magic voodoo science that nobody really understood and he's brought it forward in terms and in explanations you know anybody that you know wants to dig a little deeper in this check out mark's website at digital metrology uh he puts this in you know i'll, I'll use the word layman terms but he puts forth very good videos explaining this in terms that even a knucklehead like me can understand about getting the right frequencies and lengths in the extreme plateau and, un, and really understanding these surfaces and bringing it from a again a dark you know 
voodoo science that you know we all talked about but never really understood to the light of day. Uh, and we bring it forth with equipment that can be purchased at relatively low cost and allow the end user uh, to be able to, you know, to, I mean, if you had a, a profilometer you're doing in your garage, guess what? You can do it in your garage. It, it's a matter of having, you know, the right equipment and the ability to measure these surfaces. And again, working with guys like Mark uh, it, it has helped to bring this information, you know, outright, you know, out to everybody. Yeah. So, so what we're really talking about is, is the ability to generate the, the RK values in a, in a, in a specific range that the ring manufacturers want to see for their particular ring or the particular application. And, you know, I use the, I, I go back 20 years and it used to be we honed blocks for a particular set of rings, whether it be a chrome ring or a cast iron ring or a molly ring or what have you. And, and today we actually set honing parameters or we try to get uh, specific surface finish values more on the application than we do the, the composition of the ring. So, you know, in today's world, we look at naturally aspirated engines and we look at nitrous engines and we look at, uh, you know, blown engines and we look at uh, the, what, what Keith termed and, and, and I like to use is, is the crazy, the crazy diesel guys, you know, that put 130 pounds of boost in a cylinder and God knows how much fuel that they, they put through that, that cylinder in, in a matter of a few seconds. But what it's done is, is it's, it's changed, well, it's changed surface finish parameters, but it's changed the honing process immensely. And, and, uh, you know, you can no longer, well, let me back up. The first thing I, I, I really like to tell everyone is, is, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that are honing a certain way. And, and they say, listen, man, I, I've been successful for 30 years and, 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 you know, you're telling me it's wrong. I, I, I'm not trying to tell you it's wrong. You, what you're doing will work. What we're trying to do between Rottler and Total Seal is to show you how you can make literally more horsepower. Uh, everyone that I've dealt with in this new extreme plateau uh, realm and, and using some of the six stone diamond hone heads to a man, every one of them that can that's really specific and, and have and has done a lot of this same motor time and time and time again, come back to me and said, my gosh, I picked up, you know, nine horsepower. I picked up 15 horsepower. I picked up 20 horsepower. And uh, what we're finding is, is through some of these, you know, really well-known renowned engine builders is, is the more RVK values that we give them, the better the motor likes it and the faster they go and the more horsepower they make. So, so it's, it's, it's really kind of a, a neat deal. You know, we've been honing for years, but I feel like we're on the cutting edge right now and, and we're able to, to really help fellas improve or, or step their game up a little bit. And, and I'll touch, I agree with that a hundred percent with this. What, you know, in the years and years and years that I've been doing this, you know, people would always call up, hey, how do I, like Ed just indicated, how do I hone it for a cast ring or how do I hone it for a chrome ring or I need to hone it like this for a molly ring. And I still get those phone calls. We still get those comments every single day. And as Ed said, we've been a proponent of, you know, we hone based on application. How hard your block 
and what are you doing with it? You know, if we're using, you know, a production gray iron block and we're going to go circle track racing, and I expect to get 2,500 laps out of it. Well, I've got a block that's relatively soft and it's going to wear relatively quick, especially if we're introducing, you know, alcohol or a lot of gas through it, something where we're putting a lot of fuel to it. So we have to match that surface finish to the expectation of the customer and the application, you know, what that block is being used in. Now, if I take that same type of application, but I use a, a hard block like a dart block or a world product block, or, you know, I've got a, you know, an aluminum block with a dart and sleeve or LA sleeve, you know, he still wants that 2,500 laps, but I've got a much, much harder surface. Now I can adjust those values you know, assuming same ring, same application, and I can adjust those values so that we get that ring seal that he wants for the life that he wants. So it's really a matter of tailoring the ring seal to, again, we're back to what are you doing? What's the application? Not so much what the ring is. Again, what are you doing? What's the application? You know, how I'd hone a top fuel motor is completely different than how I would hone, you know, a, a, a circle track guy that's going to go out and run you know, A-mods in Illinois, you know, it's going to be a completely different you know, type of process. And that's what we're trying to get out there is that information that we, you know, this, you know, this one kind of honing thing that's been developed over the years, kind of everybody honing the same thing, same style, same processes is, is the furthest thing from the truth. We have to tailor these based on application and, and, and again, the hardness of the block, what we're doing with it. So it's opening the eyes up uh, and, and saying, hey, you know, we're not saying like that. So we're not saying you're doing it wrong. What you're doing probably will work, but how good is it? How much power are you leaving on the table? How much longevity are you leaving? Uh, I'll go to uh, one of the very, very common things that I deal with, and I'll, I'll again go back to the circle track world, is you know always the mid-season rebuild. You know, guys are running, you know, mid-season they've got to re-ring it. It's starting to get some blow by. It's starting to get some oil control problems, and you know they take it apart, they hone it, they put a fresh set of rings in it, and that new set of rings fixed it up. Well. You know, as, as much as I want to say, yeah, the new rings probably did, you know what really probably fixed it more than anything was the honing of the cylinder. It's lost the cylinder finish. Restoring that cylinder finish and bringing it back brought it back to where it was before. The rings were probably okay. But, you know, we generally throw a set of rings on when we hone, so they kind of go hand in hand. But more than likely, it was the restoring of the finish that corrected the problem. Very, very interesting I have now the times for the trackside tech talk, guys, because, you know, I, I got to thinking about the folks out there and I said, you know what, let's give them let's give them the exact information as is scheduled at this moment. Trackside tech talk at the Flavor Pack NHRA Northwest Nationals Friday, 1 p.m., Saturday, 10 a.m. So, Ed, you're going to have to get up bright and early if you're going to lead us in that tech talk. 10 a.m., Ed, yeah. you'll be out there. <laughs> I'll just throw this out there, Eddie. You know, Ed, uh, you know, Matt's trailer's got a, you know, it's got sleeping quarters up in the front. You just, you know, just spend the night. Yeah. Just spend the night. Yeah. yeah. Do an all-nighter, man. Maybe people are there. They'll there, be interested. They'll be knowing the details. But I just wanted to get that information in there. Uh, we're talking trackside tech talks. We're talking Rottler open houses. But we're talking honing here with Ed Keebler, who is a North American sales manager for Rottler. They're going to be on the side of Hartford's car uh, for the next two races. And this episode is you know, very current and up to speed. Now, Ed, how do you accomplish that? I can understand you are fighting and fighting isn't even the right word i like the way you backed up right like you're not doing it wrong it's just right. evolution of knowledge right like yeah you're you're yep. at the point of the evolution of knowledge where you learned and that's working and it worked it worked great at the time it was as far as we knew 
It was the best that right. there was. But since that point, things have continued forward, and there's now new information and new technology. And that's what you guys are all about, right? The new technology making things that weren't once possible possible. So speak a little bit on that and how, you know, what are some of the processes, uh, even for the folks who don't have the latest, greatest machines, what are some of the processes and how does it work so that they understand and maybe make an upgrade? Sure, sure. So, you know, in the past, what we've always done is, is um, when we talk about plateau finishes, we had the misconception is, is we would start with, say, a and and we'll talk about standard abrasives at the moment. We, we would start with a 220 grit, you know, and we would hone to within three thousandths. And then we would move up to a 280 grit and we'd hone to within a half a thousandths. And then we'd move up to a uh, 320 grit or a 400 grit and we'd hone the last half thousandths out. Well, what happens there is, is you're removing so much material that you're no longer putting a plateau in that surface, in that cylinder. You, you've gone from a 220 grit finish to a 280 grit finish to a 400 grit finish. And, and that's really all you have. So the 400 grit finish is great for the rings, but it's horrible for oil retention. And so this extreme plateau that Mark speaks about is, as we go from with a very rough abrasive, say a 170 grit directly to a 600 grit abrasive. And, and what that means is, is, there is very little room for error. So in, in the past, you know, you would, you, let, let's say you tried to plateau with some of the older equipment and you would start the machine and it would start honing and, and you, you know, you'd rough your cylinders in and you rough them to size, believe it or not. In other words, we're going to use a rough abrasive and we're going to take them right to size because with the 600 grits, we're really not removing material. All we're doing is just taking off the peaks of the, of them as i call them mountaintops and and so new machines is if the if the automatic machine the hone head spins during the feed out cycle at the top of the cylinder i've ruined my finish in the top of the cylinder you know i i, I my my finish in the bottom of the cylinder is going to be completely different than it is in the top of the cylinder and obviously the top of the cylinder is where all the where everything happens you know your combustion and 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 your explosion and everything happens right there so um the new technology allows us to when we plateau we no longer spin the hone head until the stones are against the cylinder wall we actually feed the abrasives out or the stones to the cylinder wall before we begin rotation and that gives us a much more consistent surface finish and a and a, and the ability to hit these uh, extreme plateau numbers that that uh, companies like Total Seal and and uh, you know Mark are are looking for to do a better job. Keith, dive in here. Yeah, what, what's what's happened is you know, and you, and you kind of wonder, you know, everything's kind of secular. Uh, I actually measured some cylinders the other day from a 1940s aircraft engine, and you want to know something? They had a pretty darn good cylinder finish. So my question was, what were they doing back then, and how did we get away from that? Because things do change over time, different theories, different practices, and, and sometimes we come full circle. And, and, you know, one of the things that has happened is, as Ed indicated, this multiple-step honing process that was generated over how knows how many decades of, you know, rough it out with an 80, 
bring it to size with a 220, but leave a couple tenths short of size, and then come in with a 280, then a 400, and these multiple step homes. What everybody seems to to have lost thought of, or maybe they didn't know, is these cuts are micro inches. These are very very small cuts, and if you take more than a couple of tenths out of a cylinder, what you laid down there prior to that, it's gone. It's you know, so you you went in with all these stones trying to put this valley in and get that deep valley. But you then came in and what I'll call multi-stepped it, and it's a very common practice, and you literally end up wiping everything you did prior to that out without realizing. Because, again, it's, it's really hard to see this stuff. We're talking micro-inches. Without a profilometer, it's just guessing. Uh, after some experience and some time, you can kind of put an eyeball on a cylinder and kind of see – a good one, see a bad one. They have a look. You know, Ed knows that. You know, Lake knows that. People that do it, you, it's got a look, and you can kind of look at it and go, that looks pretty good to me. But you still have to have the tools to measure it. But the point is, going from that extremely rough finish to that extremely smooth finish to get that extreme plateau, it's not going to let you down because it's going to leave that valley, and we're going to keep that RVK number high. We're going to keep that RK number up, but we're going to use that very fine abrasive to bring and get that extreme plateau, again, giving us the best of both worlds. We've got a very smooth finish on the top, but we've got a rough finish in the bottom, giving us that oil trapping, that oil retention, that oh-so-important oil, which is what seals the ring. The oil is the seal. It is the gasket. The rings don't seal on the cylinder wall. They seal on the oil that's retained by the cylinder wall. And just because we're throwing that oil up there in you know, huge volumes and throwing it all over the cylinder, it's the ring's job to scrape all that oil back down into the sump. And they do a pretty darn good job of it. So now we add, you know, copious amounts of fuel, like Ed mentioned, the big crazy diesel guys, or you know, alcohol cars, fuel cars. We had all this fuel that's trying to wash all that back down. If we don't leave that deep valley in there, that tooth, that that something for the oil to bite on and grab a hold of, we're going to put it all back in the sump, and ultimately the rings are going to go metal to metal on the wall. We're going to experience premature wear, excessive blow-by. Uh, we're going to have bad vacuum if we're trying to pull vacuum, and, and bottom line, just really bad ring seal. So it's so important to do that what we'll call that two-step process, bring it to size with that very aggressive stone and plateau with that very fine stone. It won't do you wrong. Ed, for people out there, I'm, I'm just kind of thinking about some of the people that I've met in our trackside tech talks and the guy you were just talking about, right? But man, this is the way I've always done it, right? And maybe they're interested and maybe they like, okay, now you sold me. I used to have VHS tapes and then I got DVDs and now I can just download stuff. So why would I plug in the VHS tape when I can download stuff, right? So technology right. evolves, but what is the process for them then? Can they try it with their current equipment? Do they have to have the latest, greatest equipment? What is the the path forward for someone who says, all right, it makes sense to me. I'd like to try this. I've never done it, though. What do I do? Yep, That's a great question. And, and you know, obviously, there's probably some people out there going, oh, I already know what the answer is. You know, <laughs> you've got to buy the latest and greatest equipment. And that's not true. I, I mean, uh, you know, I will not lie to you. The new equipment makes it a whole lot easier, a whole lot uh, more repeatable. And it, it, takes, it takes the black magic out of honing. So, so there are guys out there that are so good at honing that they, they could do it in their sleep. And, 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 you know, they with just some adjustments and abrasives and maybe some adjustments in techniques, they can do it. They, they can get very close to what we do automatically. 
but uh, uh, you know the newer machines make it easier for a maybe a less skilled operator to to create that same thing. Um, and then the other, to me, the other caveat is is the the profilometer. You, we get so many fellas that don't want to, you know, they'll they'll invest eleven hundred dollars for a set of diamonds, or they'll they'll invest you know sixty or a hundred thousand dollars in a machine, and then they balk at I don't know twenty five hundred dollars for a profilometer. And and as Keith mentioned earlier. You, I mean, you, you really cannot do this without a profilometer in hand because these varying Brunel hardnesses of a block create, you know, different scenarios and, and, and different problems. Uh, as Keith was saying, you, you get a just a stock GM block with a, with a little bit softer material, you know, a little, uh, uh, a little less Brunel in it. It will hone differently than a dart block will or a dart and sleeve will or, or some of the other, uh, you know, ductile irons. And so it's really important uh, to have the, the profilometer to be able to see what you're actually doing because the naked eye cannot distinguish between a RVK of 35 and an RVK of 55, but the, but the rings and the oil sure can. So uh, that, that, that to me is the biggest thing is if you're going to jump off and, and try this, the first thing you have to arm yourself with is a profilometer. And I think that's like top five rules of hidden horsepower, right, Keith? Like own a profilometer is just one of the uh, commandments of hidden horsepower. Yeah, I couldn't, I can't impress that enough. You know, we've been, you know, preaching the need of profilometers for, you know, for 25 years. I mean, they've become very accessible price-wise today. As, as Ed said, I mean, they're not that much, you know, 2400 2500 bucks. Uh, you know, they're just, a, it's a, it's an indispensable tool. But, and even for, you know, for the guys, if you, you know, you're just an amateur, you, you do one or two inches here, you know, seek it out. Somebody in your area, somebody probably not too far, that's a, a nice person. Hey, even if you're in the block, you might be able to talk them into checking yours for you uh, or maybe giving you some tips. I even have a couple of guys that I deal with. They're smaller engine shops or one man. They got together. Uh, you know, few of them all got together. They all chipped in. And guess what? They share one. Uh, you know, they don't need them every day, but hey, they, you know, they need them when they need them. So do whatever you can find a friend, check the local shops, get with a group of guys. It really is a game changer. It just, it's, it's like, like anything else. It, it lifts the curtain off and you know, for sure what you have, you're no longer guessing. You're no longer thinking it's right. Uh, it, it's, you know, one of the questions or one of the comments, I guess I shouldn't say it's a question, but one of the comments I get, uh, from so many guys that have bought a profilometer and it is a bit of a learning curve when you get one uh, about different techniques and what you have to do. And some of them realizing how far off they were. And then once they get it, they're amazed at how, what the improvement is, not only power vacuum, how fast everything seals up, how much quicker everything happened in, you know, in the process. Uh, it, it really is a game changer. And I don't mean to keep going on and on about it, but uh, I, I can't even imagine honing a lawnmower with that one these days. It's just, it's just that important to have those numbers at your disposal. Ed? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm right there with Keith. You know, to me, it's like showing up at the racetrack without your tire pressure gauge. <laughs> how are you going to, how do you say, you know, if you can't set tire pressure and set a slick, <laughs> you know, gosh knows what, what kind of pass you're going to make. I mean, it's just that important. And, and uh, you know, the other thing I want to add is, is yes, I work for Rottler 
and and yes, we promote our products. But you know, if you've got honing questions or I can help in any way, I've been doing this for 48 years now. I am glad to help someone that doesn't have a Rottler machine. If I can help anyone improve or get better or make more horsepower, I am more than happy to do that. So I, I really don't mind phone calls from, from guys with competitive machines, and I'll help them out any way I can. And how do they get hold of you? Let's just do that right now, right? They're running for their paper. They're like, raw, you know, he says, Ed says we can call him. And I, I've seen yep. you I've seen you talk to those people as well. Um, you're in such a specialized industry, right? Like uh, so much yep. effort goes into this. You, you want to help people as much as you can. So how would people get, what is the best way for people to get a hold of you, Ed? They, they can reach me on my email address, which is ed at rottlermfg.com. Uh, they can call directly to Rottler and ask for me, and the number there is 253-872-7050. Or my cell phone is 206-915-6810. Wow, giving out the cell phone, Keith. That's that's a big deal right there. I, I, I was like, hey, 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 don't have your Yeah. You sure about that, Ed? You sure about it? You're like Bill Bader yeah. Jr. from Norwalk giving out his cell phone. But no, our audience, like this is the kind of thing, like the people listening to Hidden Horsepower are very serious about it. It's not uh, it's not like race fans necessarily, although we do have some, right? Uh, it's people who are on the quest for knowledge. They want to know these things. And the fact that you're willing to help them uh, is very important. All right, we're going to wind down a little bit. I'm going to get you, Ed, with uh, our typical advice for the next generation question, as we always do. It's a benchmark of hidden horsepower, so be ready for that. But you're also talking about how um, some of these numbers are different based on application. Can you go a little deeper into that? Because we've got round track guys. We've got drag race guys. You were just talking about derby, uh, all these different applications. And the engines aren't necessarily built the same. No, that's right. And 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 uh, obviously, you know, surface finish varies be- because of that. And and a typical. And again, you know, I I I tell uh, people all the time in our tech si- or our trackside tech talks. I'm not smart enough to tell you what you should have. That's Keith Jones's area. He's the he's the guru there. But I'm smart enough to tell you how to get it. Uh, but but as on average, as Keith kind of alluded a little earlier, you know, you, you, you have, a say, a 410 sprint car engine builder and, you know, they're pumping a bunch of alcohol through those motors. And and so uh, I was just up at a, a gentleman we sold a, a new home to and I, I, I went in there with a preconceived notion that, you know, we were going to need RVK values 55 to 65. And I took the, the abrasives that I knew would, would do the job. And when I get there, those guys tell me that they want RVK values in the 75 to 90 range. And I was just flabbergasted, to be honest with you. And, and, uh, but they were telling me, you know, and this is, this is not just seat of your pants. This is a very scientific way of doing things. They told me these motors are, are, you know, the more RVK they're putting in them, the, they're waking up and they're happy and, and they're not hurting parts and, and they're going faster. So uh, uh, that's a sprint car motor. A, a fuel motor would probably take even more RVK. And then we get into the crazy diesel guys that and, – and Keith's got great story there about a, one of the fellas that, that, you know, couldn't even get the 
couldn't even get the motor out of the warm-up cycle or, and even make a pull on it before they would crash the rings. And, and he kept prodding the gentleman to go, you know, higher RVK numbers, higher RVK numbers. And, and now we've, we've got to the point where that particular individual is talking about he's going to go a season now and, and not have to tear the motor down. So that's kind of what we're talking about. But, but uh, again, depending on the fuel that you're using and the loads that you're producing and, and uh, uh, you know, the, somewhat the application, whether it's a round track or a drag race or what have you, uh, the, the RBK values will vary. And that's, again, I fall back to that, that profilometer. You know, you really need one of those to be able to tell the difference because you're not going to be able to tell a 55 RBK from a 75, 85, or 95 RBK, in my opinion, short of having a profilometer. Keith? And what Ed said is, is the truth. You know, we've had these preconceived numbers that we've dealt with for years and years and years, and you know, we're pushing those RVK numbers up higher and higher and higher. And and you know, to areas that, if you'd asked me ten years ago, you know, would I tell a guy to have an RVK of 150? Not a chance. No way. It's like, oh my God, it's going to oil like a pig. It's going to do this. It's going to do this. But the the reason we're able to do these and get these numbers now is you know, is working with guys like Ed. And developing the processes that, again, we come back to, you know, traditionally in the past, if we got that RVK of a 150, well, we would have had RK numbers 190, 200. We might have been able to get the peak numbers down to 60 or 70. Well, that is going to create an oil burner, and that is going to tear the rings up when you first fire the engine up. It's just going to ultimately destroy itself. But because of how technology has advanced, we are now able to get that extreme plateau that Mark talked about, getting those peak numbers down to, you know, 10, 12, 15, and yet get that RVK of 150 to get the best of both worlds, to get, you know, the peanut butter and the chocolate in one spot and, you know, uh, and get those kinds of surface finishes. And that's been the game changer. That's what's giving us the best of both worlds and just elevating everything we're doing. I feel like Ed Keebler from Rottler is going to have to come back here on Hidden Horsepower, maybe on a regular basis, maybe even do a Q&A. Uh, I am as excited uh, as any guest that we've had, Ed, and I know we've hung out many, many times over the past few years, but uh, I think this has been a very informative episode for the folks out there to at least get some understanding. I want to remind everybody, Wednesday, July 27th, the, tra- the, uh, the open house at Rottler, People are welcome. Call, check out the website, obviously, to find out uh, all the details. But July 27th, and this is a podcast, guys. We're not doing live radio. Someone didn't just, like, turn on in the middle of the podcast. But I want to reinforce that July 27th, Rottler Open House. Hartford's going to have his pro stocker there. It's going to be a big deal. And then Friday and Saturday at the NHRA Flavor Pack Northwest Nationals, we've got Trackside Tech Talks. Ed's going to be there 1 p.m. Friday, 10 a.m. Saturday. If you've got a ticket, if you're a racer, you're welcome. It's happening in Hartford's pit area. And uh, these are great. They're very informative. There's Q&A time and there's FaceTime with these guys. So you'll be able to use it. Come out to the races, by the way, and plan to stick around because we're going to have a great day at the races. Keith, is there anything you wanted to uh, corner Ed with while we got him? Well, you know, the thing is, Ed and I do talk a bit, you know, quite a bit. And, and I guess if I'm going to corner him, uh, it's going to be, Who's going to be the guest band at Rottler's 100th anniversary? I think I know who it's going to be. Ed probably can't say because it's probably nothing locked in, but we'll just say I know they're working on a big-name rock band, and, and I'm trying to corner him on that. 
There you go. There you go. My my boss, Mr. David Bianchi, has promised us a a big named, I mean big name band for we're gonna celebrate a hundred years in business uh next year, Joe. So uh man, we uh we'd love to have you there also. Uh, probably gonna be in October, but uh, uh man, we we'd we'd love for everybody to attend. Wow, okay. You see how he did that, Keith? He just dodged right around your question. You tried to corner him and he just went <laughs> Right around. He did a move. It was like Barry Sanders. He, he, he did a bat turn right there. He did. I did a bat turn. Yep. Yeah. I don't want to put my boss on the spot yet. <laughs> <laughs> Very smart. Very smart of you, and I know David as well, and uh, he'll appreciate that. But if uh, the schedule allows it, I would love to head up there and uh, see a big-name band for the 100th birthday of Rottler. And uh, next year, that would be that would be great stuff. All right, Ed. At the end of each episode of Hidden Horsepower, we ask our guest, "Hey, you were young once. What advice would you give to the young you that's out there now? That's maybe interested in this as a career, is an engine builder, or has a shop, or who knows? But they're looking for that bit of advice to help them go down the road." Um, you're kind of a little different, but you're also very much the same, right? You're setting up machines and learning about clients and customers and uh, kind of teaching the ways on the North American sales side of things. What advice would you give? You know, this is very, 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 very simple advice, but I look back on my career and, and I, I have been so lucky, Joe. I have had uh, several mentors that, that have guided me and and uh taking the time with me that that i own i i really do i i own every i owe everything to them they 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 they've been just monumental in in uh, my career and i would tell the young people you know this is something that i probably didn't do near enough of but but ask questions and and i know it's hard but listen to the older guys because they do have a wealth of knowledge. And maybe sometimes <laughs> our stories don't jive with what, you know, what you want to hear or something like that. But, but honestly, there's a wealth of knowledge out there and, and man, just learn everything you can. And, you know, enthusiasm, in my opinion, trumps, trumps knowledge. I'll take a young, enthusiastic uh, young person over someone that thinks they know everything, uh, you know, so have enthusiasm, ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. I, I mean, that to me is the biggest thing. And, and, uh, you know, tag along with guys like, uh, Mark Wahlberg and, and Wahlberg and, and, uh, Keith Jones and Lake speed and, yeah. and Joe Costello and, 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 you know, just man, listen, listen, cause you're, you're gonna, you're, you're gonna learn a lot when you're listening and not talking. Old guys like Keith and Lake. Exactly. Yeah. And me. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. And, and, and Joe, can I throw a plug out real quick? I just want yeah. to throw something out. Throw it out there. It's going to come out you know, relatively soon. I uh, had a gentleman reach out to me on Monday, and this kind of goes down what we've talked about for avid, avid listener of the show. Uh, he's in the state of Georgia. He's gone to the School of Automotive Machinists. You know, praise Judson and Linda. Loved all that. And he's like, you know what, man, how do I find some of these guys that are looking for help? So the bottom line, if you guys are out there in the state of Georgia, this gentleman, I talked to him for probably a half an hour on the phone, very enthusiastic. Like Ed said, you know, he's willing to learn. He's willing to do it your way. 
total enthusiasm. He reached out to me. Hey, if you're looking for somebody to help you in your shop, you're looking to bring a guy up and put him on the path, email me at keithj at totalseal.com. I will put you guys together. Wow. Very good. Look at that. Yeah, that's great, Keith. That's absolutely phenomenal. And and I, I would do the same thing. I would tell any young person that, that is looking you know, to get into a shop, like call Keith, call me, because um, I'm constantly, my customers are constantly telling me, find me a young person, find me a young person. You know, and a lot of these guys are wanting to turn the shop over. In other words, they they have no heirs. They they are you know either going to liquidate or sell or walk away. And and man, what a what a great opportunity for some young young people to get in there learn underneath them for a year or two and, and begin to purchase the, the company. And the Hidden Horsepower Staffing Agency was born. Just like that. <laughs> right? You know? Absolutely. We're like headhunters now. We take a small commission. That's, well, I mean, why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we? Sorry, guys. The, the funny guy comes out in me every now and again. Yeah. Ed, great job as usual. Appreciate I'm really looking forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. We're putting this one out immediately so that everybody gets the news about the Rottler Open House, the Trackside Tech Talk. And I really want everybody who is in the area, I know that you live up there, Ed, or not, you live down by me, don't you? But you spent time up there yep. in that... Uh, it's its own universe, right? The Great Northwest. It's like its own country. It it's totally self-sufficient up there. Um, but there are so many die-hard car people, racing people. Drag racing has been been up there, for a big been big up there for fifty years. And so I, I imagine we're going to have a great show. And you guys are going to have a Rottler car on the racetrack with Matt Hartford and his Pro Stalker for the next two races. Just super exciting event. The uh, the weekend coming up, uh, July. 27th is the open house and the national event follows Friday through Sunday. Great job. Appreciate you being on the show. Thank you very much, Joe. Great job. And there he goes, Mr. Ed Keebler. Keith, how great was that? Oh, it's awesome. Ed, Ed's a wealth of knowledge. And, and like you said, 48 years in this industry, uh, that man's forgotten and more than I know. And, and what a lot of people know, he's a great resource and, and, it, and as well on top of that, just a great guy. Absolutely. Anything else you wanted to drop in there, Keith, tell the people where they can get a hold of you. Ed gave out his like personal private information. Uh, the least you can do, and you always do it, is let people who have questions know where they can get a hold of you. Absolutely. You can reach out to us on the website at TotalSeal.com, uh, my email, KeithJ at TotalSeal.com, or the toll-free 800-874-2753. Give us a call. We're looking toward, you know, forward to, you know, to your questions, helping answer the questions. We've got a great staff of people, uh, all knowledgeable, all enthusiastic. And, and again, you got a question, a comment, give us a call. And like Ed said, whether it's my rings, it's somebody else's rings, we're here to help you. That's what it's about. It's about shared information and, and helping you have the best result with your app, you know, with your engine build. He's Keith Jones, the director of technical sales at Total Seal Piston Rings. Big thanks to Ed Keebler from Rottler. You guys should go to the open house and definitely come to the race and be a part of that trackside tech talk with your ticket. Of course, you got to come out. I'm Joe Costello. I'm one of the NHRA track announcers. I also do a podcast called WFO Radio. And this past week's episode features a certain pro stock racer at the track named Matt Hartford, who just won a big race 
out there in Denver. The uh, Dodge Power Brokers Mile High Nationals, and he is going to try. He's the only pro stock racer that has an opportunity to sweep the Western Swing. That's going to do it, folks. We'll see you next time on Hidden Horsepower, presented by Total Seal Piston Rings.